We're going to keep pushing for it here on the News and Views Radio Network. That's right. We're going to keep talking about insulin. We're going to keep talking about the attitude has been on the federal level. And here we are on the state level. Senate Bill 2140. That's right. Senate Bill 2140 has long been advocated by the people like Danelle uh, Johnson. Uh, You know, she came on and did just an absolutely fabulous job uh, of talking about uh, the individuals in her life that have struggled with this. And here we sit with that opportunity. With And she finally, I think, got the form to, to print her letter. You know, she finally got him to put the letter out there leading into uh, the House hearing on Senate Bill 2140. Well, we get a chance now to visit with an advocate from Hillsborough. Her daughter has type 1 diabetes, and that's Angela Kurtzberger. Angela, good to have you on News and Views. Thank you. Thank you and good morning, Joel. Boy, I like that introduction. We aren't going to take it anymore. There Let's you, get to it. There you go. Anybody with a name like Kritzberger, I'm not going to mess with. Okay, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I like the name. So tell people what this is about, what this bill is about, what you're working on. First of all, please call me Ange. Ange is um, what people call me. And if you know me, I go by Hey Kid by my dad sometimes too. But <laughs> You got a deal. So, you got a deal. Okay. Um, well, you know, life has a crazy way of meeting people in different arenas. And our daughters, Danelle Johnson and our daughters were diagnosed probably within six months of each other. So Danelle got in right out of the chute with a lot of advocating, starting at the federal level and then coming down to the state level. And I've kind of done the opposite, but Danelle and I have been working together now for um, six years on Senate bill what we have today is 2140. Um, and so our daughter was diagnosed when she was seven. She's now 14. She has um, written a letter to the, and hand-delivered actually at our District 20 um, meeting here in the last session. She hand-wrote a letter. She delivered it to our three legislators. And she met Governor Burgum, hand-delivered it to him, said we'd hear something back. We have not heard a word um, on that. But we are working very hard on this. We have a great number of support people behind us to support us. And the thing that came out of it, I think, the last session, and we have heard too, that Janelle and I kind of cringe when we hear it, is um, mom. You know, we're passionate, yes. We are moms. We are caregivers of our children. But we are also doctors, lawyers, professional people. Um, we're farmers. There isn't anybody that hasn't been affected by someone living with diabetes in their family. So um, we're working hard on this. We have a lot of support. We've really been canvassing with our grassroots movement of our people in our type one community, talking to their legislators and really getting a lot of people more comfortable in talking to their legislators. So that's what it's about is finding those people with a story, connecting it. Um, Because we know on the Senate side, we didn't have due diligence to it. You know, some of our senators weren't reading emails. They weren't studying the topics. They weren't looking at other states. Um, So we'll just continue working on that, connecting with people and trying to share the story. Um, Myself, I have a daughter, as I said, that has type 1. Um, Yes, I'm passionate, but I don't know of any other disease that leaves you in the, um, kind of leaves you in that you're the doctor, you're the nurse, you're the um, whatever that's needed for this child to survive. You're given a drug that could either save them or kill them. And you're on call 24 hours a day. 
Um, when she was first diagnosed here in Hillsborough, we don't have a school nurse. We're across the road from a medical facility. Um, and so because I farm now with my husband full time, I have the ability to run in and quote unquote rescue her should she need some medical attention. Um, I'm thankful we've never had to have the ambulance back out of the garage, you know, or have a call over there. Um, but this is a really serious disease. It's an invisible disease. And people don't understand it, but they, they're living all amongst us. Um, I also have an uncle that was 58 that developed late onset diabetes. In our family, getting it is like Russian roulette. You don't know who's going to get it, when they're going to get it, male, female, young, or old. Um, so it's, it is a genetic in our family. My uncle passed at 58, and I saw, I saw what kind of care he had over the years that led him to that diabetic neuropathy, um, massive heart attack and a diabetic coma eventually at the age of 58 passing, um, which is really sad to me. Looking back, I can see that he did not have access. He was one of those people that slipped between the cracks. He had a college education because of his health. He wasn't able to keep a job long-term. Um, and we know when that happens, you don't keep your job. So you lose your insurance. Um, and I've also saw what he had, my daughter has everything that she needs to manage this to the best of her ability. And the one thing that really gets me hot is last session we had a senator um, that was very familiar with pharmaceuticals, worked in the pharmacy industry, that talked about insulin as a luxury item. Insulin is not a luxury item. And there are many different kinds of insulin that are out there. It is not a one-for-all insulin for everybody. Yes, I want to have the most modern, effective insulin for our daughter because I don't want her to have, you know, um, severe highs for prolonged periods of time because we know what that leads to. We have the research. We have the history. I've seen what it's done to my uncle um, you know, um, that's why glucose monitors are so important because we have the data in front of us. Um, so I would ask somebody, let's stop shaming diabetics think, in thinking that they're the root cause of getting this disease. Let's stop shaming them in saying that they want the best of everything. Because if you were diagnosed with a terminal disease, I would ask somebody, do you want that medicine from 40 years ago? Or do you want the current medicine that's on the market that's going to give them the best chance of long-term um, success in their life? So, so. you know, and, and here's, Ange, the thing that I've said time and time on this show, and you you can tell me you're not going to say it if you want, but I'm, I want to know who that that senator was that was involved with the pharmaceutical industry that said this is luxury. Who was it? Senator, Senator Howard Anderson, who sat on the pharmacy board. How do you also, how do you say something like that? I mean, <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know. And I'll say, you know, there's different insurance companies you can look at. You can look at the 23 states that have implemented the um, insulin copay cap in the last couple of years. We could have been one of the first. We don't want to be one of the last. But I just took it out. I took it out and I did red ticks by it. I did blue ticks by it. Out of those 23. A third of them are red states, two-thirds of them are Democratic states. So it's a bipartisan issue. Um, 
one of the insurance carriers in another state announced that they were going to cover not just insulin, but diabetic supplies at no cost share for members. Um, and I've been hearing this. You know, the difficult thing that happens with this is, you know, some of our points is, well, we don't know how many lives it's going to really help, um, um, but should it matter? But I'll tell you the facts, because the facts are right there. If you go to the Senate Bill 2140 and you look underneath the testimonies that have been given for their fiscal notes and the information provided by the consulting companies, it'll tell you right there how many people. In 2021, they were saying, because we have to go with the North Dakota first plan first, it said there were 700 people that would have been affected. That's more than a few. Now, this session, the consulting company looked at it, 2,000. Quick and easy math. Seven times three is 2,100, right? So how can they look at the Sanford plan for the state employees and say there's not that many people when it tripled just in two years? And when we doctor in Fargo at a clinic um, for our daughter, we have to go every three months, and I've gotten to know the providers. They know I'm passionate. I'm not just passionate in this. I'm passionate in um, other areas of diabetes, too, with technology um, for giving our daughter the best delivery of insulin, um, which, by the way, not all insulins are approved for pump. So when they say, you know, insulin for all, no, it's very specific. Um, some pumps don't allow, um, you know, a certain type of insulin in their pumps. If you do have pump therapy, um, pumps are put in by a plastic cannula, which is like an IV, basically. It's plastic or steel. It can clog. It can, it's an occlusion. Um, some bodies reject, you know, different things. So there's many kinds of insulin. Just kind of get back to that point, too. So, But, um, but I want to I ask you, I, because really what we're talking about here is a piece of legislation. And we're talking mm -hmm. about a hearing that's coming up on Senate Bill 2140 that made its way over uh, to the House. But the bill in its original form, in my opinion, really did do something. It doesn't anymore. Uh, it, it, and I'm not saying it doesn't do anything. You, you, it would have my vote. Don't get me wrong about that. But describe to people what 2140 does now versus what its original intent was to do. Senate Bill 2140 is a bill that will cap the cost of insulin at $25 as well as basic diabetes supplies. And when I say basic diabetes supplies, what does that mean? These are the bare minimum that you would need to um, use to sustain life with insulin, which would be a glucose monitor, test strips, pens, uh, or not, excuse me, pens, needles, those kinds of things. That is the, what would be covered, the very bare bones of managing the disease. The second part of it is we wanted it to be an emergency clause so we could get everybody on commercial insurance. They've tried to cloud it a little bit by saying it won't help people because it can only be affected um, or implemented on those commercial plans. But a number of years ago, what they did was put a really their own mandate on it. Um, and they say they don't like mandates, but they mandated it so that anything that is a, approved that would affect the health insurance industry, it would have to only go to the PERS group first. That is the only that way that we were able to get it. So, And that, um, and that means them. 
I mean, them. <laughs> that right. means legislators, right? I mean, they it qualify, does. but you're, and that to me is the most astounding thing because some of these individuals, I don't know, obviously Howard Anderson doesn't have diabetes, but he, and the man is a retired executive director of the North Dakota State Board of Pharmacy. And you've got to fight people like this over, over insulin. I mean, come on. Uh, but the, the, the bill is coming up. Uh, hang with me. I just got one more question for you. All right, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, we're getting a chance to visit with uh, Ange uh, Kritzberg. Uh, we're going to get a chance to visit with her about uh, her, well, her family and how they're struggling to make sure uh, that that Senate Bill uh, 2140 passes. Uh, Ange, is this going to happen? I mean, in talking to legislators, is it going to happen? I do. I strongly feel that this will happen. We are not going to be the last state to pass this insulin cap bill. And just for context, I want to give you a little bit of uh, information. The North Dakota legislators have to do, are required, or they've done a um, century code 23-01-40. It's a diabetes report that's compiled to the interim committees that's been developed by the Department of Health, Human Services, Public Employees. And one of the things that they have in here is an actual item that they haven't done yet. Institute of Minimum Health Insurance Policy coverage for, that is required for diabetes treatment and services. We don't even have that. Um, you know, so there is definitely work to do. The other thing I want to talk about is rebates because we have people that will maybe say, well, I don't want to pay for you, you know, your daughter to have the best or um, listen. We know there isn't transparency. It's been talked about, but you can look up this Senate Bill 2140, the testimony again. You will see in here that last session, we included the formulary. Formulary is the, um, there isn't a generic insulin, so it has to go on the formulary plan. If we didn't include the formulary, then they wouldn't have gotten those million dollars in rebates or kickbacks, what we've been saying as well. So last session, if it would have been implemented, they would have received $3.7 million in rebates for the whole plan. It's spread across everybody on that plan. It's mind-blowing to me, but if you look at it, for this next biennium, the insurance company will get 9.4 to 10.2 million dollars in rebate reductions. Rebates they're getting for people that are being on insulin. We got 30 so seconds left, Ange. 30 seconds. Okay. Um, one of the other things that we have developed a website. It is called insulinrequired.life. InsulinRequired.life. It's our advocating landing page to talk about all the things that we've been talking about here. So I want people to go to that. We just ask everybody to talk to your legislators, get them familiar. We have people that are type ones that are um, going to be introducing okay. the bill that are working with us. So we are going to make a difference. Okay. I will not say no. Hey, you bet. You're the mother I'd want, or you're the type of mother everyone deserves. Ange Kritzberger uh, is our, well, you did a great job. <laughs>